Cheers, y'all. Well, 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 well. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this fine radio program, podcast, and video extravaganza known internationally Hi, as the world-famous Smokin' and Toastin'. Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen, show number 228. That would put us halfway to 300. Halfway to 300, yeah, exactly. Pretty excited about that. Uh, welcome to the show. We are uh, excited about today's show. We're always excited about the show. And I think it's largely because it usually involves talking about cigars and drinking some beers and maybe even a little whiskey. So it's hard not to be excited about that when you're us. I do. You know, and I always enjoy when I pull it up on Facebook seeing some old friends and some new ones uh-huh. chiming in because yep. it says, you know, so and so's watching. It's always yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah, it, it is. We appreciate you guys uh, being along with us on the chat on Facebook. Now, we haven't talked too much about this, but we are, we have been spending the last several months preparing Smoking and Toasting to be taken out as a syndicated uh, radio program and to be able to make it available for radio stations around the country to plug into their, you know, weekend talk show lineup or whatever, you know, wherever they want to put it, really. Uh, mm-hmm. And so that uh, effort is now beginning in earnest. We'll see if we'll see if anybody thinks you know, this show is worth having. Even if it's from like two to four in the morning, that's yeah. okay. You know, I remember many times getting off at of gigs where I was like, "There's got to be something on the radio interesting." I, I can recall <laughs> listening to the guys who talk. Artie Bell, the guys who talk forever <laughs> about the Galveston fishing conditions. Have oh, you yes, heard those yes, guys? Yes. It's oddly interesting. Yes, and there were a few times where I was listening to the. Garden Line Variety Show by uh, uh, Randy Lemon. And oh, what's yeah. funny is I actually teach his daughter how to play guitar now. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, it's a small world, right? But I wouldn't want to paint that. it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I listen to the, that Art Bell guy every every now Art, and then. Yeah, it was Art Bell and then George Norrie. And yeah. It was, uh, it was, yeah, I've listened to those I liked Art Coast Bell. Coast. I liked Art Bell because he is absolutely convinced that aliens have already landed on the planet. And that's that. Are you saying they haven't? Well, uh, no, I'm not at all. I'm just (laughs) saying Art Bell is convinced of that. And so that makes him one of those interesting guys to listen to. You know, not to to wrap a conspiracy theory into a conspiracy theory, but I think maybe some of those uh, conspiracy theory guys might actually be the aliens. I think that's largely possible. Mm-hmm. Think about that. That'll send your brain into a little uh, a little twirl there, won't it? Well, uh, welcome to the show. We are brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com. Excellent shirts for cigar lovers. Available on the web starting under 20 bucks. New designs coming for spring. And, I can't wait. Uh, MyCigarShirts.com because... Cigars. Yeah, they're a sponsor of the show, so please support <laughs> those guys. Uh, we're here with show number 228 and our special guest, Joe Breda from Old Humble Distilling, Cheers, making guys. a return to the show. And he already told told me, Ian, he brought along something was experimental, the it's, word that you used? It is highly experimental, and uh, I haven't even tried it yet. Uh, that's fantastic. We love being guinea pigs. <laughs> <laughs> that works for us. Is that your experimental prelude mu- music? That's just, it, that just builds tension. I, I appreciate it. Builds I could keep going with it. Like, and I excitement. Keep, like, uh, stop there, but I could keep Is and then a, and then and then I run out of frets. Is that yeah. a real ukulele or is that like just a, a, a sort of a no? This is okay. So this is this is a it's real a ukulele. This uh-huh. is an actual. <laughs> I get what you're saying because there's a lot of them that are sold for like you know thirty five dollars at 
you know, Toys R Us right. type places or right. whatever. And it does have the nylon strings. So. And nylon strings are standard. That, that is on uh, that standard is a on a normal ukulele, ukulele thing. And okay. oddly enough, nylon strings, people think they're cheap because they're mm-hmm. nylon, but they actually cost more than steel strings for. Really? And I price. didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, so um, now there's only four of them and they're small, so they are kind of inexpensive for ukulele, but good nylon strings are, are actually more expensive than good steel strings. Now, does a normal ukulele, doesn't a normal ukulele have five strings, though? No. No. No, four strings. Four. So almost universally four strings on a ukulele. And this one uh, has a couple little different design things. This has uh, I see those the little, little F-holes yeah. in it, like a violin or mm-hmm. like an archtop guitar, which I think is kind of cool. And then it has this cool little side sound hole in it. I'll uh, put this on the thing. Yeah. And that just makes it a little loud here. This is a this is a crap brand uh, ukulele. Okay. Uh, I might get in trouble for saying this. It's a stag brand. Stag makes cheap stuff. It's all made in... <laughs> Uh, wherever it's made in, it doesn't really matter. Uh, but every once in a while, they come out with something at a price point that's actually really pretty, surprisingly good. It's surprisingly for what it good is. for what it costs. And this yeah. is kind of one of those things, you know. This this it just ends up being a pretty good little uh, ukulele. So uh, I think it sells for about one hundred seventy five bucks or something like that. <laughs> so it's not a toy, but. Uh, it's not exactly a Martin either, so. <laughs> I was going to say, if the brand was actually crap, they fine. should probably change it. Yeah. But it's fine for taking around the bars and the mud and the blood and the beer and everything yeah, like I, that. You know I what I mean? It's good. And, and great for bringing up here to smoking and toasting because you never know, you know, what what mayhem might ensue uh, in the studio and you might uh, lose a string or something. Uh, hilarious so. comment things. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess uh, Bruce Stark putting my dog has fleas <laughs> and Adam put my cat has three legs. <laughs> That's true, by the way. I, I've. I've uh, uh, spent time with Adam's cat, and it does have three legs. So, um, my brother and uh, sister-in-law had a cat named Snowflake mm-hmm. or Snowball. I can't remember which one. Uh, big white cat lost leg to a javelina. A javelina. A javelina. Well, there's a story. Basically, took the cat's leg. But that even and the cat lived for like ten years after that or more. Hmm. And was the best mouser in the house. Uh, I'm See, sure. That's a story you need to start with the ukulele playing in the background. Right, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. could even say my cat has fleas and, and go from there. Uh, I need so. to work on it. The problem, is, the problem is when I do background, when I do uh, uh, background music, it messes him up because yeah, he, I start listening to the music. To the music. <laughs> I try and, to back I, up his stories, but then he just stops and it distracts him. Uh, it, it, you know, it's, it's just a thing. He's so. waiting for the break so he can start talking. That's, That's right. a radio thing. <laughs> it absolutely is. <laughs> so yesterday, tell me about it. Was National Beer Day? I hope you celebrated. I did. I had beer. Okay, good, good. As long as you had beer had for National Beer, beer Day, too. you were celebrating. We'll uh, celebrate it a day late here on the show as we sample some things from our friends out in Blanco, Texas at Real Ale Brewing. I love their beers. They have uh, one that is, if it's not new, it's new to me. I, I bought it for the first time. It's called Crispy Business, and it's a lager. I've never had that. Okay, so But I will you... tell you, I buy their, they have bombers of their uh, quad ale, and uh-huh. they're real heavy, and they're like yeah. $5 each. Yeah. Man. Yeah. You you I buy one of, one of each of those whenever I see them. Yeah. And if you drink both of them in one night, you are definitely... You're definitely having a night. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll try their uh, crispy business lager today. And then something that looks very special. It's in a big bomber. And it's from the Ale Apothecary. We've had something from them on the show before. Nice. Uh, it is their flavor packet, wild ale, brewed with honey and aged in wine barrels. 
That sounds fun. So it does so it's going to be fun. sour. Yeah, it's going to be definitely one of those sourish wild mm-hmm. ale type experiences. I love those. So, and then uh, we haven't ever tried this before. At least I haven't. You might have. Uh, from Chippewa Falls, Wisconsin, it's Leinenkugel's Snowdrift Vanilla Porter. Interesting. Uh, the second or third maybe oldest brewery They're, in the yeah, United States. Yeah, they've definitely been. They are, however, owned uh, by. Uh, Molson Coors. I remember back in the day when the show was young, when we <laughs> hadn't even hit a hundred episodes yet. I remember yet. when the show was young. Yeah, we tried. Uh, we tried uh, a Lennon Coors brew. We're having so much fun. I'm sorry. I'm yeah, see, and, and I'm distracted again. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. It's all the, anytime you do music. Uh, but I remember we called Lennon Coors on the show. Remember to make sure we were pronouncing their name right. And they did confirm that it is Lining Lining Kugels. So uh, so we'll look forward to that. Plus, uh, Joe is here with uh, Old Humble Distilling. He says he's brought goodies. I haven't. Yay. You you hiding something back there? Because I haven't seen. He's got a whole backpack. He's got a whole backpack. All right. I got him. He's got the backpack. Does anyone out there not have this Swiss gear backpack that Uh, is apparently like the most ubiquitous and awesome backpack ever? It fits three full bottles of whiskey. Well, you got to love that. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. With no labels. A, B, and C. Or C, A, B, cap. Yeah, so you gotta you gotta figure that he knows which ones which, and we'll be trying them in the proper order. So that's uh, that's something we will uh, we will look forward to. Now it's back. We will look forward to that for sure. Uh, we will have drinking news on the show today. We're gonna do something a little different for drinking news. Uh, it's it's not a Florida man story today. Instead, we have a collection <laughs> of stories that people have uh, have shared about things that they did when they were drinking. So it'll be, you know, a little bit different, but I think you'll enjoy it. Um, plus, uh, all kinds of stuff going on today in the world of cigars, including Cigar Aficionado released their uh, list. This is this is actually my favorite list that they do. It's even better than the year-end list of the best cigars of the year. It's their best buys from 2020. In other best words, buys it's where they go, okay, of the less expensive cigars that we tested and rated, here are the ones that did the best. And that I'm always you interested in. You know, it's in. always easy to find a good cigar. I mean, frankly, if you go spend anywhere between ten and twenty dollars, mm-hmm. your cigar is You're probably al- almost be good. guaranteed. Now, that's yeah. not a guarantee. Yeah, but almost. it's a it's a pretty good indicator overall. Yeah. But, because if you have if you have the balls enough to sell a cigar for that much, it yeah. needs to be. That you good. better you better yeah. be backing it up, or you won't be selling many. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. exactly. So so that's pretty easy. But finding ones under ten dollars that are amazing yeah. and under seven dollars or under six dollars, <laughs> that starts getting harder and harder. And I really love that search. And I mm. really enjoy smoking cigars. So that limits the number of twenty dollars <laughs> cigars that I'm going to be able to smoke. I right? would smoke them all the time if I only smoked one cigar a month. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. No. no problem how much that's how much that cost oh, 20 bucks really yeah it's my cigar for this month it'd be it'd be, <laughs> well, that'd be easy, really easy, right? easy to justify yeah uh but you know unfortunately i i have a tendency to smoke a little more often than that so uh, <laughs> uh, unless you're my doctor and you're listening everything i'm saying is allegorical so yes, don't, yes. Uh, hypothetical. Uh, yeah yeah absolutely I could. if i were it's to smoke possible cigars. that i could uh so so anyway we'll we'll go over that list and that will be uh pretty interesting craft beer production was down in 
2020, which no should surprise. not be a surprise. But there's some good news. It was stronger than expected. In other words, the expected drop was uh, was going to be a lot lower than where it landed. So that's some good news for craft beer, and we'll uh, share some of that information with you on the show today. Uh, plus, we've been trying to get to this. Hop Culture rated their 20 best breweries of 2020, and we haven't been through that list yet. So I'm looking forward to uh, to going there if uh, if in fact we can. But you know when there's three bottles of Old Humble uh, sitting in there and they're staring at you. You never know what we're actually going to have time to get to <laughs> on the program today. Uh, Joe, we've talked with uh, a lot of different people from uh, distilleries and and breweries, and and always seem to ask this question: How are you guys holding up in the world that was created for us? About a year ago, by the pandemic, when everything started locking down and and you know so many bars closed that might have been pouring your stuff, mm-hmm. uh, it became more difficult for people to come and do things at the distillery. How did that affect you guys, and how have you managed to get through it? Well, uh, we were. It's been a, it's been a really tough year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were in October of 2019. We went full time at the distillery. We were doing it part time for the last previous five years. Uh, we're a one man shop, and that's so when, when you I said, say okay. we, I mean me. Yeah, that's when you said, uh, <laughs> okay, I'm I'm no longer going into the office. Exactly. I'm going into the distillery. Going into my day. office. Now. Yeah. Uh, we took it full time in October 2019. <laughs> uh, November and December, we were building up our 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 sales and uh, our distribution networks, and and we were really getting all the infrastructure set and on the ground so that in January and February. Uh, when the new year hit, we were able to go out. It would really roll I it was out. able to go out, mm-hmm. great guns, hitting all the stores, uh, doing sales. We had two great months in January and February of 2020. And then uh, we, we shipped out whiskey for resupply. Uh, I had moved in. I was moved out of our old facility at the end of 2019. We were poised to move into our new facility at the beginning of 2020, early in 2020. And then at the beginning of March, everything stopped. Like, no tastings, no sales, nothing. Uh, I fully expected our sales to drop off like 90%. Um, as it turns out, our sales only dropped off about 75%. So it was a great, it turned <laughs> okay. out well, great well, better year. than expected. Uh, Talk about being able to look at uh, something with rose-colored yeah. glasses. Like, hey, we're only down 75 And, I mean, the, the benefit, we, we benefited in unusual ways. Like, mm-hmm. well, well, that's more whiskey um, for you, right? Well, in, in some ways, yeah. Uh, one of the ways that we benefited was that the, permitting and regulations slowed down at the Harris County uh, offices, so we were slow to get into our new facility, mm-hmm. which meant we saved on rent for three months. Okay. I mean, you know, we were we started the year off without <clears throat> a place to live, basically, and everything was in storage uh, in a bonded warehouse, and, and everything was, was basically waiting. Um, so we were able to save on rent for a few months, and then when we were finally able to move into the new place uh, and get our production moving again, we still didn't have electricity until like October. Wow. Uh, so we haven't lost anything with regards to our tasting room being closed because we didn't have our tasting room open yet. Right. So it wasn't um, like you had a certain amount of revenue coming from that and that it, went away. Right, right. Uh-huh. We are, it's just the new revenue streams have kind of been delayed. But all that money that we were going to put into the new equipment in the tasting room and get everything open in like March and April – uh, that went to paying rent for the rest of the year and right. keeping operations when running. When you weren't coming, when you didn't right. have something coming in, yeah. And, and we lost six months of operations because we couldn't go back into specs and, and do tastings mm-hmm. until September, October. Uh, so that, and was, I noticed, that was tough. I was in specs this week, and I noticed, uh, 
I think it's been like this for a while, but I hadn't noticed it before. The barrels that they set up to use as the the base the for a tables, for a tasting. Yeah. yeah, they've all got these plastic shields up. Yeah. In in front of them now to create some separation and protection. And I thought, well, that's cool. You can hand the whiskey sample right. around the and plastic. And when uh, we're doing our tastings, we have to wear masks. We have to wear gloves. Mm-hmm. Uh, have hand sanitizer. Do all that stuff to make sure everything's nice and clean. And and you know, I can't hand you the cups. You have to pick the cup you up yourself. So there's yep. no cross contamination. Yeah, just to complete the illusion, I think you should just wear scrubs. I yeah. think so. Yeah. <laughs> that, wouldn't that be great? You know, <laughs> a full it, hazmat. Suit. I mean, put your put your logo on. It'd it, be right? easy enough to find the guys that were doing the tasting. Oh, there he is, the guy with the hazmat the on hazmat over there, guy. The, with the with the um, with the mask on, with the creepy window for your eyes. Yeah. <laughs> so another benefit that we had, instead of being able, instead of focusing all my effort on going out and doing sales, I had to retrench and figure out how to keep the name of the distillery out there in the public. Because liquor sales were up, but the liquor sales that were up were liquors that people knew. Right, right. Jack, the Jim, big brands, uh, wild, had all the turkeys yep. and all those things mm-hmm. people knew about. They just go and grab the familiar thing. Uh, you don't necessarily try the new stuff that you never heard of. So for six months, I'm out there just screaming from the rooftops, try our stuff, try our stuff, try our stuff. Uh, we, I started uh, doing YouTube broadcasts, live streamed uh, podcasts of a old double happy hour twice a week. That's uh, great. In order to just keep the name out there, I focused. I'm not on sure our... the podcasts work. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> uh, focused on our Twitter outreach. Went from something like 250 Twitter followers to we're. Uh, right at 6,000 right now. Nice. Wow. Uh, and I put out a tweet yesterday. If we hit 10,000 by the All-Star break, I'll put out a special limited edition label, uh, Astro's Orange label, that will only be available at the distillery. Oh, and nice. I, yeah. That's, that seems Speaking to be fairly Speaking of which, popular. how is the distillery coming along? Last time I saw it, it was <laughs> nothing was hooked up. It's coming along. We our, our capital campaign, we've hit our minimum fundraise on our capital campaign. Awesome. We've stormed past 40,000 as of this Thank you. As of this week. Which means we'll have the funds for the tasting room to build out the tasting room. We'll it be goes able to on do awkwardly long. Yeah, no, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we'll be able to build out the tasting room and get a bathroom. Which once we get a bathroom, we can have guests. Um, that'd be great. Uh, right now, we have a men's room only because we're in the woods. Yes, okay. the back of the place is basically <laughs> facing the woods. I love it. I yeah. used the men's room when I was there yeah. last time. <laughs> exactly. Um, but we, we have the capital campaigns. Uh, it's not done. There's still two weeks. If people want to invest in the distillery, they can. Uh, go check us out on oldhumbledistilling.com. There's a link. You can go. Uh, uh, it's not a Kickstarter or a GoFundMe. It's an actual investment that they get paid back 180% over the course of seven years. Nice. Oldhumbledistilling.com. Go check us out. And as someone who has <clears throat> tasted the product... I mean, this is an investment that is, I mean, this <laughs> yes. is going to work, folks. This is uh, not, I'm no, uh, you know, and I, I mentioned this that uh, to someone this week. You know, we never give investment advice on smoking and toasting because some of those shows <laughs> that give investment advice are getting into trouble now because they're trying to get uh, people to buy into, you know, their funds. And then there's some Ponzi activity going on and all that kind of right. stuff. So let me just say that I can't give you advice but if you're wondering about the quality of the product, I can vouch for that. Thank By the you. way, his name was Madoff. Did anyone get that? Yeah. <laughs> Madoff. It does, anyone understand that? It does that? seem like we should have seen that one coming, <laughs> doesn't it? But it really does. The, the returns are actually based on revenue from the distillery, too. Yeah. So, uh, you know, as we grow, the payments will grow until it hits that 
you know, that, that place, until yeah. it gets fully paid off. That's very cool. And that's that's one of the things I liked about it. That's uh, very cool. Uh, but also, we're going to have a cigar club through the distillery. Oh. Uh, and I'm that, liking it. We could talk about it. that in a little bit because okay. I got a little present for y'all. All right. Um, we're, well, I've already booked our first act in for September, our first band in September. We're going to start uh, filling up that schedule for people to play at the distillery in the tasting room. Uh, we're planning our Memorial Day concert. I mean, things are moving now. It's finally I, beginning to thaw out, and things are finally beginning to move forward. I have a band you might want to book. My friend Rowdy Yates sent me a, a video yesterday of this band covering Eric Clapton's cocaine. It was the worst rendition <laughs> of an Eric Clapton song I've ever heard. Dude, how do you mess and up I thought, that song? I, I know. Well, they managed, and and I just thought, you know what? If this band, if, if I knew they were playing somewhere, I would actually go out to see them. It was that entertainingly bad. <laughs> wow. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, it's like, so, it's like yeah. the wedding band with the crazy drummer. Yes, yes. That? That's, yeah. that's one of the greatest videos ever. Uh, but I'll pass that info along if you're interested in Excellent. booking the Bad Clapton cover band. So. <laughs> bad Clapton. That's the name. That's, that's, bad that's, Clapton. that's totally it should a band be the name. name. Bad, bad Clapton. Clapton. <laughs> now, I'm not, I'm not 100% sure yet when the tasting room will be open to the public. Right. Uh, the Memorial concert that we're going to record uh, will be to a, a small closed group uh, for like a, an invitation thing. Yeah, right? well, yeah. It's, a, it's a local whiskey club that'll be coming out. It'll be like 20 people to ah, fill cool. out the crowd. Uh, but our Memorial Day, we every year we do a Memorial Day concert or show party at the distillery. Last year we had to do a pre-recorded thing on our YouTubes. This year uh, I've spent a year learning how to use the broadcast equipment that we've got, so it'll be a little bit better show. Awesome. <laughs> uh, we'll do you know part. Uh, entertainment in the first half, and then just a like a two-hour band concert live recorded at the distillery. That sounds the awesome. Half. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a sounds great show. Sounds awesome. Well, the good news is that as things return closer to whatever normal is going to be, these activities are going to pick up. I'm so excited about going out to see live music again. Oh, I, can't, so much. I can't even tell you. So That's, nice. I, probably the thing I have missed the most. I haven't missed the crowds because I'm not a big crowd guy. Uh, in fact, I was in, in Bucky's this week. <sighs> Because we drove out to see my mom, and you know, you you stop at Bucky's because of the, you know, restroom facilities. The restrooms and, are actually yeah, cleaner than yeah. almost every other restaurant. But there was that so many, there were so many people in yeah. there, and it was packed so tightly. And I thought, you know, some of this pandemic stuff has been good. I've liked people staying further away from me yeah. <laughs> in a crowd. But but I but I really do miss live music, and I'm yeah. excited about yeah. getting back out to see that. You know, I had a guy at, when I was doing tastings a couple of weeks ago came up to me and put his hand on my arm in the store. I'm like. Where have you been the last year, man? What are you doing? I've never been a big fan of crowds before the pandemic. I've kind of enjoyed that as well. I do miss going to live music. And I'm one of those weird Texans that I go to Bucky's for the gasoline. And then get the hell out of there. And the ice. The ice is cheap, too. Yeah, 99 cents for a bag. That's not bad. I may venture in to get some chocolate-covered almonds, but I... I've been known to turn around at the door. I got the last time I was there, I got the dark chocolate covered pecans, and I I could not stop eating those things. They're so good. Every now and then at the checkout counter at Bucky's, they'll have these triple torch lighters for like $2, and they're awesome. Not always. But, but I'll keep look, an eye out for that. look next time you're there. All right, we got to take a break. When we come back, I want to find out about what you smoked this week, and we'll have more coming up with old Umble Distilling, plus some beer tasting. <laughs> I was going to make it all the way to the break before <laughs> no I COVID. sneezed. Uh, <laughs> I was going to make it all the way to the break, and it just didn't happen. We'll be right back at Smoking and Toasting, show number 228.
Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting, show number 228. Today we're talking about the best cigars for the money and old humble distilling uh, in the house with uh, Joe Breda. Joe, welcome back. Is this the third time you've been on the show or the this second? Is, I, think I think it's, it's the, the third. third time, yeah. and if I show up two more times, I get a free one. Uh, okay, good. I was going to say, if you show up two more times, you join the uh, Alan Denny Memorial Guest Club. That's is right. what it is. It's, gotcha. uh, uh, so I miss my buddy Alan. I haven't seen him in a while. We haven't seen him in a while. I know right. it's been it's been uh, it's been too long. So, Alan, uh, consider We've yourself. We've had two Chris Hart's since the last Alan. That's that's weird. That's that is a little weird, isn't it, man? We got <laughs> Alan. Well, Alan's a busy guy. I think things are going well out there at the uh, well, that, Galveston Island. That Cigar Galveston Lounge. Island Cigar Lounge, man. If you've been on the back patio at sunset, it's mm. un- one of the most incredible things. Yes. That's yeah. what we did the last time I was down there. We sat out there at sunset so and smoked. Good. It was wonderful. Wonderful. Uh, well, welcome back to the show. It's number 228. Ian, um, it's been a crazy week for me, but it always seems like it always is. Uh, I did have time to find something to smoke, though, and I'm wondering if you did as well. I did. I went out uh, on my uh, patio today, and uh, I brought out a little cigar that's been kicking around in my humidor for just a little bit. And I hadn't had one in a long time, and I was like, you know, I remember really liking these. So this was a Flor de Mon- uh, La Flor Dominica, oh. uh, the Double Lajero. Oh, that's a powerful cigar. That is not Fisher Price, my first cigar. <laughs> no, it that's is not. That's for sure. That yeah, is. yeah. Dude, it is like you have a scale of you know mild to full. This is pegged all the way to the yeah, right. On the needle's full. bending a little yeah, bit as, bending, it, as it hits full, shaking yeah, and bending. For a sure. Bit. It is a, yeah, this is a full, full-flavored cigar, and um, I'll say that right off the bat. Now, I do like full-flavored cigars, but some full-flavored cigars uh, are a little too peppery, mm-hmm. and they're just a little, like, it's like it's all spice and not a lot of flavor. Right, not a lot Hot of complexity. Hot sauces fall under that same yeah. category, too. They oh, can I'm totally sometimes. With you. Sometimes they have great flavor, and sometimes they're just hot. Uh, the Double Hero, this was the DL452, which is a 4x52-sized cigar. So actually very short, but but uh, not a very skinny cigar. This is the, um, I believe it's ca- classified as a Corona, um, or maybe a mini Corona. I don't know. It's, it's, it's in the petite Corona Petite Corona, yeah. maybe? It's not petite because it's not skinny, though. Mm, okay, gotcha. But Because uh, it is a 52 ring gauge. So... Um, Anyway, the appearance on this light brown, almost a tan color, shiny, toothy, oily wrapper, oily and veiny uh, wrapper, classic LFD band, uh, La Florida Dominica, for those of you who don't know what LFD is, uh, smooth to the touch, firm feel overall. This, uh, this, it felt like a very solid quality mm-hmm. cigar. The uh, pre-light sniff on this, earthy, nutty, cinnamon and spices with some uh, dark chocolate undertones in it. The pre-light draw on this, toasted nuts. Uh, cappuccino, dark chocolate is what I was getting right out of there uh, before I even lit it. The initial light on this, you expect uh, this La Florida Dominica, being as it is, incredibly full flavored. Mm-hmm. You expect it to be this huge <clears throat> blast of pepper, and it's a blast of coffee with some pepper. Interesting. So that not exactly what you were expecting. It's not though. what you expect, and it's so good. This is an oddly... Um, not as peppery as you would expect for such a big flavor cigar. I'll just let that let that ride out there as you as you listen to what I'm talking about. Bold uh, the initial light burst of coffee and peppery spice. Bold sweetened coffee and wood on the retro hail. Uh, full strength right from the start. No, there's no like sneaking into this cigar. Um, it, it burst the door down like like Coltrane going into a solo. It's just <laughs> I'm in. Um, 
The first third of this, uh, big flavors, classic LFD, full strength complexity, uh, sweet espresso, oaky wood flavors and dryness, uh, dark bitter chocolate, unexpected underlying grassy notes uh, that I was getting in there that uh, I don't remember tasting that before, but it was really nice in there. Woody and sweet coffee, uh, retrohale, solid ash, great burn. The second third of this, the pepper is a little more present here. Oak and cinnamon with cappuccino and dark chocolate kind of swirling around the palate. Retrohale is oak and coffee with toast, solid ash, great burn. I haven't lost the ash on this cigar yet. I'm looking at the picture. <laughs> You're halfway in, and that ash is still as solid <laughs> as ever. That ash lasted until the uh, the, the picture where I show the very small cigar. That, yeah. it, it fell off right before I snapped wow. that picture. Wow. So the ash lasted for two-thirds of the cigar. That's full great. Two-thirds. Wow. The last third of this, oaky dryness uh, with toast, a touch of vanilla sweetness kind of showed up in the end of this. Pepper and cinnamon backing the full strength of this flavor bomb. Ash is still holding on. Tangy, fresh cut wood. And then I put an addendum. Ash just fell off. (laughs) (laughs) So that's That's all that was left of your cigar. When the ash finally fell off. off, Wow. That's crazy. Uh, What a great cigar. What a great burn. This was a $7 cigar. It's kind of a short cigar for $7, but it is not a small cigar because it is a 52 ring gauge. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I paid $7 for this thing. I'm giving it a solid 7 I forgot how much I love these seven. cigars. Wow. 7 Price to quality, It's a big seven. number. And you can get the bigger versions of these in the $9 range. Uh, and they're as, I I've had them before. They're absolutely fantastic. And then they make the chisel version of it. Yes, make, I've had the chisel. You know, yeah, a few others that are just absolutely. And they make a, a Panatella... Um, um, uh, uh, the long skinny Lonsdale. Oh, Lonsdale. Yeah. Uh, uh, so uh, uh, there's a ton of. Uh, I think they have something like nine different shapes for this cigar. Wow. But uh, this was the this was the wow. four by fifty two, and it was fantastic. A solid seven. I'm super happy with that. It. Is awesome. Well, let me tell you about mine, and maybe while I do that, you can prepare us a, a little uh, lager from uh, Real Ale, if you insist. This is yeah. This is uh, something I'm looking really looking that forward is so to trying. Nice. Um, <laughs> I had uh, an interesting one, uh, and it's been a while since I smoked uh, one of these this brand cigars. I had the Padilla or the Padilla, Padilla. Uh, Finest Hour Oscuro oh, Double yeah. Tour. So, uh, Padilla's done everything so from... neither one of us went on the light side No, no, we didn't, actually. Uh, Padilla's done everything from El Cheapo bundle cigars, you know, for, that are good for mowing the lawn, uh, to ultra-high-end expensive sticks. This one is kind of in between. The name Finest Hour comes from Winston Churchill, who used that phrase in a speech that he gave before the Battle of France. Uh, the Finest Hour Oscuro uses a... Connecticut broadleaf wrapper and binder, uh, uh, Connecticut broadleaf wrapper rather, and then binder and filler tobacco from Nicaragua and Honduras. Prelight was a little bit earthy and a stronger than usual uh, sort of hay and barnyard thing. You get that on the prelight of a lot of cigars, or at mm-hmm. least I do. But this one was a little more distinct. Like it was, it was a stronger uh, aroma than uh, than a lot of them that I've uh, that I've had. I used a punch. And got my first sign of trouble when the punch, when I pulled it out, pulled off the wrapper cap completely off the head of the cigar. And I, as far as I can tell, I'd used the punch properly. I'd, you know, you've used the punch before. Slow. I'm pretty yeah. sure that's probably. I, yeah. uh, so uh, it uh, it concerned me a little bit. It also felt the cigar felt a little loose to me, like it wasn't quite packed with enough tobacco. It had some soft spots. Uh, some right around where the cap had come off, and then some further down on the cigar. And uh, that, of course, can make the cigar burn a little hot. 
If so these are not red alerts, but they're at least in the amber range. Right, exactly. So I'm like, okay, let's see how we do. So once I lit the cigar, I got a nice blast of Nicaraguan pepper. Not too overwhelming, but enough to let you know, yeah, there's Nicaraguan tobacco in this. Uh, and then when it settled down, I got a bit of nuttiness and some toast and a sense of that hay that I noticed on the pre-light. Not as strong as the pre-light, but, but definitely some of it there. First third of this burned a little bit crooked, uh, but I left it alone, and it pretty much straightened itself out, at least for a while. By the second third, the burn was pretty straight, and the toast moved front and center in the flavors. There was also a little hint of licorice or anise in the finish. The ash held on for quite a while, but eventually made a beeline for my shirt. I moved, <laughs> I moved just in time to avoid an Ian moment. Uh, but yeah, it, uh, it 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 held on for a while before that. <laughs> there was a little bit of a bitter note um, on the finish in the final third. It could have been because the cigar was burning hot, yeah. which I'm convinced was That'll do it. you if know from loose, it being underfilled. Hot. You know, uh, barnyard and hay were less prominent. The toastiness stayed with me all all the way to the end. The last third had a distinct nuttiness too. A a little bit more than what I'd noticed in the first part of the smoke. I believe that this cigar is made in the A.J. Fernandez factory now. It wasn't when they first put it out, but I believe they've moved production there. Um, and so at 7 to $8, which is the price for this, it's really kind of impossible not to compare it to A.J.'s other cigars in that price that range. That are in that price right. range, yeah. Uh, which isn't helping like the Hoyo it. Yeah. And the, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, the, and the, uh, and the the H. Upman, the H. Upman, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, could have been just this particular stick. I only bought one. Uh, but it was definitely underfilled. That made it burn hot. And it also smoked really fast. I only got about 40 minutes out of a double Toro. Wow. Which is... Yeah. Just and, for comparison, and I, was I had a four-inch cigar that smoked 45 minutes yeah. this morning. And I wasn't in the wind, wow. so it was not, it was not because yeah. of that. So... Um, there were some interesting flavors. I get the feeling that if the cigar were better filled and smoked slower, those flavors would have been more enjoyable. The the sort of uh, little bit of bitterness that I was getting wouldn't wouldn't have marred those so much. So I'm definitely going to buy another one and see if the roll is any better on this one. Uh, based on this one cigar, though, I'm not going to recommend it. Um, get a Bella Artez or an H. Upman by AJ for about the same price, and you won't be disappointed. Price to quality on the Badia Finest Hour Oscuro Double Toro 4. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, it just, you know, if it had, if it had been a couple of dollars cheaper, uh, I would have given it maybe a four and a half. But at that price, there's just too many great cigars you can smoke I, that will I be a lot that, more rewarding. rewarding. I reviewed that back in uh, 2020. Because mm-hmm. you're ahead of the, the curve. <laughs> um, I gave it a three. Did you really? Yeah. Interesting. Now, did you have the same... Issues, I don't remember now your review. Do you have your notes so, there? Uh, yeah, I have my notes right here. So this was the Double Toro. Mm-hmm. So the same one, Finest Hour. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, a lot of the same stuff you said, like with pepper in the background. I got tea and cedar and some white pepper. Good burn, solid ash. The second third, more of the same, ramped up spice and pepper, solid ash. The last third. Bitterness becomes harsh. Gave up. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Yeah. And and I'm wondering uh, if it was in my case. I was wondering if it was because it was underfilled. But um, yeah. Maybe so that's I, just, I, I guess maybe that's just an issue with the cigar. I don't know. 
It's maybe yeah, maybe that's just the flavor profile. Mm. I don't know. Could be. Well, I actually remembered that when you started talking about it. I was like, I remember there being an issue with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I've been so uh, uh, you, oh you've you're already doing some research. I've been doing research. Okay. So Talk first off, on this. the nose, mm-hmm. it's got kind of a, a slightly sweet classic mm-hmm. beer. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what is the beer? This is the uh, this is the crispy lager. business crispy business crispy lager business from, from real ale. ale. Gotcha. And, and the thing about that beer on the nose that you're talking about, it's got that very eighties looking. Yeah, uh, it, very much so. It. Yeah, almost almost expecting to hear like "Eye of the Tiger" by Survivor, right. or a, a Pat Benatar song or something. I like. Uh, I need a members only jacket to hang out with this bad beer. The bone, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but if you're hanging out with this beer in a members only jacket, it's got to be the tan one. Yes. Yes, and you got to have the flap open, not yes. but not snapped. That's right. This would yeah. be the uh, white button-down shirt, underwear, and socks mm-hmm. only for this risky, crispy like, business. Like crispy, crispy business, business. Yes. instead of risky business. And the, uh, and the, and the cheap sunglasses. sunglasses. Well, I'll tell you, I could I could do Come a little on. underwear dance uh, it's, for it's this. Actually it's actually pretty a big good. Beer. Yeah. I wouldn't say that this is like. Uh, a knock your socks off beer, but it's a damn good drinker. It's straightforward, yeah. I think. And and you mentioned the you know the sort of beer uh, smell on the nose. That's that's a characteristic of a lot of lagers, I think. This to me is straight up the dead center of what a lager should taste like, mm-hmm. and it's good. Um, it's not knock your socks off, but I'll pick this up. This will be a great like. Uh, great. I just want something on the lighter side. Great summer well, yeah. beer. Yeah. What is the ABV on it? Does it say? Uh, it's four point five. Okay, ABV. Yeah. Um, so pretty smashable. Very delightful. Not a whole lot of other information on here. Lager <clears throat> beer. Mm-hmm. Crispy business and the uh, the whole eighties <clears throat> theme can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I like Relo. Yeah, uh, I, I do think too. Their uh, their Fireman's Four is a great and uh, like a great go to if you. Uh, it's that's a blonde ale. They and have, don't they make Devil's Backbone? They Isn't make that a real Devil's ale? Backbone. Yeah. By the way, if you just want to get hammered, a six pack of Devil's <laughs> Backbone is yeah. is not very expensive. Yeah, and it's like eight or nine percent, and it's delicious. By the way, and it tastes good. Yeah, it really, yeah, really is. That's good. a bang for your buck right there. Yeah, I, I like that these guys have uh, have. They seem to have not gone. They've zigged when everyone else has zagged. My favorites know? by them. Well, they didn't just jump on the I'm going to make a thousand IPAs, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, bandwagon. But my favorites from them, I, their coffee porter is the standard for coffee porter. Mm-hmm. It, it is just such a good coffee porter. It was one of the earlier ones. We talked about that one before. And then, um, and then on top of that, uh, I mentioned earlier in the show the uh, the We Heavy and the Quad at five dollars per bomber. It's hard to beat that. They're yeah. so good. They're so solid. And at that price point, man, that's like an eight. I've noticed also that this beer that we're sampling right now, the Crispy Business, it gets better with every uh, with every sip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we have just finished that can that yeah. fast. So that there's tells a, you something right there, right? There's a lot of these lagers that I'll drink that have this. Uh, Kind of an aftertaste at the top, mm-hmm. at the mm-hmm. top of the roof of your mouth, and kind of towards the back yeah, above a, the tongue. A, a very yeasty sort of aftertaste. Yeah, kind of sits there in the back mm-hmm. as you drink it, and as it gets warmer, it gets more pronounced. This doesn't have that. Right. This just—it's a bright, crisp, easy drink, and it's gone. Crispy but that, business. But there's a little malt sweetness that just follows the mm-hmm. whole thing that I really enjoy. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I'm finding myself wishing we hadn't polished yeah. off the can. <laughs> it's it's where's it, the rest? It's a, yeah, yeah. I, you have now, the can. I poured I poured a little heavy, so we, okay. we finished well, the can pretty quick. Well, well it was pretty my good. My magic stuff. bag doesn't have more. Sorry. I guess that means it's time to move on to whiskey. So uh, <laughs> it's so, whiskey time. Uh, so uh, talk to me, um, whiskey Joe. What uh, whiskey business? <laughs> whiskey business. It goes from crispy business to whiskey, to whiskey business. business. I good like one. It. I like it. Uh, so uh, so what would you like for us to sample here first, Joe? All right, gentlemen. Well, this is what we've got. Uh, our Skunk Works have been working on a rye, mm-hmm. a little recipe for the rye, and this is the base. This is the this is the uh, uh, what would you call it? The uh, control. Okay, that's it. So, is it is this your first rye that it you? Is, it will be our I, I first so. rye. Okay, very interesting. Uh, and the plan is for later in the year. Are you going to call it Rye of the Ancient Mariner? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. He was very quick to uh, to respond to your question. And this should this one here should taste like your, you know, Ryan and stealing. Mm-hmm. Um, should it should be just standard straight rye? This I have had. Okay, and it tastes like. You know, for people who like rye, it tastes like rye. So you That's say it. that it just tastes like a rye. The way that you say that makes me wonder if you're not as big a fan of rye. There are certain ryes that I like. Okay. There are certain. I'm just like with the IPA. A rye has a specific flavor profile mm-hmm. that people who like rye look for that particular flavor right. profile. Absolutely. Same way with people who like IPAs. They this search is, for this particular flavor profile. This is rye, but it's not complex. Right. It's it's very simple. This is a very simple rye, yeah. Now, Bullet makes a rye that is very rye. <laughs> well, it's much more complex. Right. But, but, exactly. And, 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 and it, it has that flavor. And, going on. But oh. you say that it's not complex, but it is incredibly easy to drink. Because it's very straightforward. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's, not, uh, it's not something where you're... Where you're Taken aback by it a little bit, you know. Some some rise have got all this stuff going on, and you have to kind of like stop and and figure out what's happening. This is this is just a little more like an enjoyable sipper. You know what I mean? This is simple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. And that and that's kind of the intent with this particular one is just for. Is it this going to gonna be, be a final product, or is this uh, something we're that still working you're on a few? With? Yeah, we're still working on a few things. Um, like I said, this one I haven't even tried yet. This one I've tried before. Because I could see this. This one is and and it's standard. super simple profile. Uh, I could see this being great for mixers for mm-hmm. yeah. for doing the old fashioned for doing the because uh, it has that rye flavor, but it's right. not doing a lot of other stuff, which leaves room for your mixers. I think right. a lot of times. So Absolutely. I think realistically, I think that's yeah, yeah, and that's and that is kind of the intent. A lot of people don't. More people drink bourbon on the rocks and scotch on the rocks, and less people drink rye on the rocks. It's uh, not uncommon, but most of the time they'll put rye in their mixers. Uh, have, have you ever had a good IPA with a rye back? I'm, IPA, probably, the, I'm probably the wrong person to ask if I've had a good IPA. <laughs> IPA and rye whiskey. I'm not a big fan of yeah. IPAs. No, Going IPA and incredibly rye do, well they together. They do. They're, mm-hmm. the, yes. that's, that's what I can appreciate about IPAs is – the way they're put together, and I can appreciate when one is supposed to taste like it's supposed to taste, like a pine cone. Yeah, when it yes. when it tastes right. It's not. 
It's not for you me. You know, the things like, that Cruz likes. Some people like yeah. coconut pie. Yeah, easy I there, Bigfoot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I can at least appreciate with with IPAs and rye how they go. And I've, and I found a few rye that I actually really, really, really enjoy. Well, there's, um, I mean, if you've ever had the Whistle Pig 18, mm, you know, yeah. that'll, that'll change your worldview on that'll rye real quick if you're not, uh, and, if you're not a, see, a fan. Part, part of it's because I like my whiskey to be a little bit mm, less... A little bit more approachable, a little okay. bit less less busy. Uh, a little bit less. Bu- the word I'm trying to not use is obnoxious. Oh. Uh, <laughs> but but I know, I know what you're saying. But, pretentious, but, maybe. Yeah, it kind of it, it's it's full of noise and flavor and all this stuff. I like it to be full of flavor, but there's how about, just how a about lot a little less on. enthusiastic on the palate? Maybe that's it. Um, but I but I can appreciate the way a good rye comes together. <laughs> And that's what I'm looking. I'm looking for something specific, and this is really close to it. We got to put it back in the barrels and play with it a little bit more. Um, All right. Like I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be straight up about this. I, this, there's nothing about this I don't like, but I would love to have a little more something in it, a little more complexity, yeah. a little more interest. That's what I'm looking for too. So it's, mm-hmm. it's very, uh, it's very okay. Yeah. So we take <laughs> a, we take a portion of this, and I've diverted it into two different barrels here. Okay. Um, and. That is where we go from here. All right. So hang on to that thought. We'll get to that in uh, one of our next segments. We are going to take a break. Uh, We have more beers to uh, sample. We have drinking news still on the way. And we'll also uh, be talking about this list of the best cigars for the money from 2020. So it's all coming up. And it's smoking and toasting. And we'll be right back. All right. Welcome back. It's smoking and toasting. It was a good save. I bumped this against my uh, microphone stand and almost lost the ride. But no, I saved it with a quick reflex at the last moment. Welcome back to Smoking and Toasting. Our show is about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. It's show number two twenty eight. Joe Breda from Old Dumble Distilling is here, and we're brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com on the web. MyCigarShirts.com because cigars. Yep. Ian, we're trying the wild ale here. Ooh. That was interesting. That was the cork out of the bottle. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, Adam, uh, there's your rye, by the way. You know, beer is always special when you got a cork in the bottle. Yeah, you know, it always makes me feel like we've gone, you know, uh, I don't know, a little fancy. Even though we're pouring it into plastic cups, <laughs> uh, it makes me feel like we've gone a little uh, a little fancy. And they're not even fancy plastic cups. But, yeah, but, but you know, uh, you say that, but they were actually very expensive. I'm amazed <laughs> at how much plastic That's, cups cost. That is true. That is true. Uh, it's like it's like unbelievable. I I, I bought a bag of these this week uh, for what's, the show. What's and insulting I, I, about I, it? I looked back at the receipt. I was like, oh, my God, those cups were $6. <laughs> what's insulting about it is you're just going to throw them away. Yeah. you got to go to Amazon and get them in bulk, yeah. man. Got, got to totally do that. Now, Walmart oh. has... Walmart has them uh, in a package where they're nice and cheap. I get them there sometimes. Uh, but the thing is, they, you got to go to Walmart. Yeah, you got to go to Walmart. A <laughs> and B. That's they, like its own social punishment. Right? They come with lids for these like little plastic lids. So you're talking about social punishment. I feel like the world's worst ecological person because you're throwing, away, throwing all away all those lids without even using them. You know, you could bring them in here. We'll just have to put straws in everything. It'd be like a sippy cup. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you almost spilled your beer. Look at look at. It wouldn't yeah. even have been a disaster. You're right. It would have. It like, would have so saved the rye. So this smells uh, sour. So this is ale apothecary. It is uh, <laughs> called 
flavor packet. It's oh, a wow. wild ale Holy brewed with honey Toledo. and aged in wine barrels. And it looks, this it's looks expensive. Bottled in a wine <laughs> bottle, says, too. It says... Uncle Nubby, and then has a picture of a hand with the first and second finger cut off. Well, that would be Uncle <laughs> AKA Nubby. A.K.A. one-offs. Actually, I'm glad it was his hand they were speaking of. So, uh, <laughs> Uncle Nubby, yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so what, uh, what? what's your take on this? I heard you say, oh, wow. What's, uh, what's your response? So, there were 440 uh, uh, bombers produced. Woo! Uh, brewed I just took on the first 3 sip. 2017. Like so, this has been aging a little bit. Bottled on 11 <laughs> yes. 2018. And... Uh, to celebrate this 300th brew, we uh, took uh, Mecca Grades Metolius and Opal Malts. Somebody makes sense out of that. Mm-hmm. Along with raw, I don't know how to say this, Metolius, Metolius, anyway. Uh, along with raw wheat and aged in a first-used wine barrel. During aging, we poured uh, Oregon honey into the cask twice to keep the barrel ferment more active. Than normal, the last barrel edition was wort that we boiled down for hours, hence the name Flavor Packet. Mm-hmm. Coming in at 9.1% alcohol, it is sour, it is big. There's more information over here. According to the Surgeon General, women should yeah. not drink alcohol. Okay, sorry. Yeah, we knew you were going there. We knew, we knew <laughs> it was bound this. to happen. It had uh, to. Well, this, this is... One of the most interesting beers I think we've had in a while. And I, I don't mean that to oh. say it's interesting as in it's not good. It's this actually quite tasty. Big, ridiculous, fruity flavor and mm-hmm. brutally tart mm-hmm. and wine aftertaste. And yeah. Almost it's like got a, a champagne kind of thing. I was just going. about to say, almost like a champagne grape on the finish. Yeah. And it, but it start, but this but this is exactly what you would expect, I think, from Ale Apothecary. Well, this, this is, is the kind of beers when they you do. buy these 750 mil. Bombers like this. This is one you don't just sit around and drink this by yourself. This is a let's all sit around. It's a communal event. Yes, yeah. Because I mean, when you have something that's interesting, I don't know if I could mow through an entire bomber of this because it's intense. But it is. But it's so much fun to talk about with other people who are trying it with you. You know, what are you Uh, thinking about? It is definitely a post-COVID drink because you drink it with friends. Yes, um, yes, post-COVID. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a social drink. Uh, it, Almost feels like it, it would blow COVID right out of your system if you yeah, were, the, you know, not to advocate false cures, but wow. That lemon-lime flavor <coughs> in it, I wasn't expecting. Oh, yeah. When you see a bottle like this, you should expect fruit. Uh, but that citrusy, that, mm. that's... It took a little get and getting then, used to, but once I expect it, it's really good. Bitter raspberry, like right by the mm-hmm. leafy section, you know, mm-hmm. like... Mm-hmm. Like it's got a lot going on. Wow, this is intense. Yeah, and and you said it was brewed in 2017, bottled in 2018. Uh-huh. Is that right? So this has been aging for a while, and beers like this have a tendency to age really well as long as you don't keep them too long and wind up getting the the soy sauce like we had a few weeks yes, ago. Yes, yes, yeah. that, that will happen when they're yeah. when they're too many years old. That can happen. This it's, the honey in this is only really evident after you've taken a few sips, and it right. just shows up on the very outside of the palate. Mm-hmm. And then on the retrohale a little bit. But it has a tendency to to soften the tartness just a touch. Boy, it activates yeah. the uh, saliva glands. It sure though, does, does like, it's it? Water. Like uh, you hold it, you hold water. it in that uh, little cavity behind your teeth mm-hmm. and like run your tongue back and forth. Remember that sports gum nice. you used to get at uh, Target? Oh, yeah. Or uh, not Target, but Academy, you know? <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. That Gatorade. Yeah, yeah. Gatorade, Gatorade, Gatorade gum, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a, it also does that thing, and there's got to be a scientific uh, phrase for this, but you drink it and like right here... Tickle. In the back of your jaw, you just feel like right behind well, your jaw at your neck, you feel that little woo. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. a little tingle. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right, so we're going to take a... I just a, pour myself more. Cause, uh, you know, I saw you do that. You might want to do that for me as well. I, I uh, we will take a, uh, a quick break, and we'll be back with more from Old Dumble Distilling. Drinking News is on the way. And in our next segment, we will talk cigars and the best buy cigars. Best cigars for the money from 2020, according to the experts at Cigar Aficionado. It's nice to have you guys with us on Smoking and Toasting, uh, the show that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. My name is Cruz. My co-host is uh, Ian Barry. Adam is our producer on the Wheels of Steel, and Joe Breda from uh, Old Humble Distilling is in the studio with us today. We'll be getting to some more whiskey here in just a, uh, a moment, but I have to say, this Ale Apothecary um, flavor packet beer that we tried in the last segment, it's one of those things that, like, we were talking about this in the break. At first, it's like... You know, this may take me a minute. Now I just can't get enough. Like, I keep going back to it and sipping it and wanting to relive that little flavor explosion that you get, you know? It's it's really something. Are Maybe you so. digging this the way I am, Ian? I, I really enjoy it, actually. Mm. It is highly acidic, though. I can see if, you, if you're yeah. a person, and I have some friends that are highly prone to uh, heartburn. Yeah. If you're uh, highly prone mm. to heartburn, this probably gives it to you almost instantly. Yeah, you're going to want to... Highly acidic. You're going to want to take your omeprazole before you uh, before <laughs> you right. have, have a bottle of this. I'm glad for you sure. said that because I never knew yeah. how to pronounce yeah. that. Yeah, well, <laughs> it, it, it took me a while. I used to just call it Prilosec or whatever, yes, but uh, it's all now I buy the cheaper generic version. <laughs> so, um, so um, we are brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com. Uh, really cool cigar shirts on the web. None of us wore one today, but they've got really cool snarky cigar sayings. Go and check them out. Um, sweatshirts, hoodies, and uh, uh, t-shirts. I'm, I'm waiting for you to let me know when the new uh, styles are out, and I just mm-hmm. want to go do a shopping. Okay, spree. very good. Well, it won't be long, I promise you, my friend. They're they're in development, in production now. So, um, I wanted to uh, get to this list real quick because I have a feeling we're going to get into some serious whiskey discussion here uh, <laughs> as the as the show continues. So, I wanted to get to this list real quick because I think the, this is one of the most important lists that we can share. This is Cigar Aficionados' um, best buys of 2020 cigar list. So, what they do, they go back to all the cigars that they reviewed during the year, mm-hmm. and they take the ones that are under a certain price point. I want to say, I want to say probably under ten dollars, but I bet I bet they're even under and under eight. I'm looking at the prices here real quick. I don't see anything over six. Nice. So wow. these are all going to be cigars that the suggested retail price. They may be higher or lower wherever you shop, but the suggested retail price on these uh, is uh, under six dollars. And then they go, okay, which one scored like an eighty-nine or more on their scoring scale? And the highest I think I've ever seen a cigar get on their scale is like a ninety-five. Uh, yeah, uh, ninety-four, you know, 95, ninety-four, so ninety-five. Yeah. If it gets a ninety or above, it's considered fantastic. Yeah, everyone, yeah. everyone puts. Cigar aficionado, yeah. a little tag on Yeah, rated stuff. 90 yeah. plus on Cigar Aficionado. So starting uh, on this list with the Nicaraguan cigar from Tatuaje, it's the Havana 4 Verocu number 5. That's a lot of numbers and words. Uh, but it's basically a petite Corona that sells for $4.50. And Cigar, Aficio, good. Cigar Aficionado gave it uh, Verocu. Is that how you say Veracu, it? Verocu, I think. Verocu. Uh, they gave it an 89. They also gave that... Um, <laughs> that to the Undercrown Shade Corona Pequena. And 
where they list size for the uh, tatuaje, the size says petite corona. For this, the size it says odd. <laughs> but it really just looks like a little robusto. It may be a little fatter at the foot yeah. than it is at the uh, at the head, but it's not a torpedo. Uh, it was uh, dated. It was uh, scored with an eighty nine, and it's a five dollar and fifty cents. Undercrown is just one of the best buys on the market. So consistent, yeah. So consistent, so consistent. and good cigar, bang for the buck. The Nat Seco Casino Real Bellicoso uh, at five dollars and sixty nine cents. A little figurado also got an eighty nine. It's a Nicaraguan cigar. Have that tried. Uh, the Muat Baitfish, and Muat sounds stands for My, My Uzi, Uzi Weighs a ton. ton, and that's a Drew Estate, isn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, it's a six dollar. <laughs> I'm sorry. They also have their Fire Cure, the Muat Fire. Yes, cured. it's a five dollar and ten cent cigar. Uh, it's the Baitfish. It looks like it also says size odd, but it basically looks like a robusto. Gotcha. Uh, and the next one is also a size odd. It came in at a ninety. It's the Underground, uh, the Underground Maduro Corona Pequena, uh, five dollars and fifty. It's a little cigar, but it looks pretty wonderful. The Underground Maduros are a go-to for me. Mm -hmm. 100% yeah. go-to. Uh, Padron Londres, uh, Londres is a Corona at $5.30. Came in at a 90 rating, and this is just kind of your standard Padron. It's not one of their higher-ends. Well, I have, and I, I, I thought for a while that Padron was putting all their real effort into their expensive cigars, and that the, the lesser-priced ones in their line... Had become less interesting, but the, but I haven't smoked one in several years. I may have to go back with this I, rating. Uh, right? About ten years ago, I picked up a handful of cheap padrones. Mm -hmm. I remember thinking, okay, we're just going to try a bunch of these, and I remember not being impressed with most of them. Exactly. But that may change, you know, and it may be that my well, palate was different too. If this got a ninety rating, then something good's going yeah, on there. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, also with a ninety rating. Uh, the Corona-sized La Gloria Cubana Glorious. It's their kind of standard um, uh, wrapper. And, That's a great cigar. Uh, it's a 90-point cigar. The hmm. La Galera Connecticut Sipo at $3.80. It's a petite Corona that wow. scored a 90. La Galera flies a little under the radar, mm -hmm. and I pick them up a lot of times. But their uh, Candela mm -hmm. is outstanding. Standing. Really quite If you good. want an interestingly awesome cigar that's not expensive, it's easy to spot. It says La Galera, and it's green. I don't know if I'm uh, actually saying the name of this correctly, but they have a Maduro Torpedo that is out of this world. That's I think you said Maduro Torpedo correctly. Yeah, well, but I don't know if that's what it's actually called. It probably <laughs> has some uh, some much more descriptive name. So, uh, Also at 90, and I haven't had one of these in quite a while, uh, the Grand Habano Connecticut Number 1 Lunch break. It's a petite Corona, five dollars and thirty cents. I used to smoke a lot of Grand Habanos, and I kind of—I don't know if I've ever burned myself a Grand out on the. They have a kind of a distinctive, a very distinctive flavor. flavor to them, and I kind of burned myself out on that flavor, and I haven't, I haven't I'm have to pick had one me up. in a while. I so think that, that flies under it. my radar a little bit. I need mm -hmm. to pick one up at some point. The El Triunfador Favoritos, uh, a four-dollar cigar. It also says size odd, but it just looks like a really short robusto. Uh, it scored a ninety as well. So did the Saga Short Tails Tomo Five. Uh, it's a Dominican cigar, six dollars. It actually scored a ninety-one. The Nat Cicio Casino Real Churchill, slightly larger than the one that scored earlier at an eighty-nine. I believe this one scores a ninety-one. Is uh, it Chico or Cicio? How do you say that? Uh, it's C-I-C-C-O, -C 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 so I call yeah. it Cico, but uh, 
Uh, who knows if well, I'm pronouncing it. Yeah. Cicho. I don't know. Cicio. The Muat Nightcrawler. My Uzi weighs a ton. The Nightcrawler is a Robusto. Five dollars sixty cents. It's that is from Nicaragua, good. and it is a ninety-one. Uh, the Alec Bradley Max Nano uh, size is listed as odd. Uh, it is. It's interesting because it's it's. I've never had the odd size. I've had many of their more standard yeah. size, including that giant like eight by eighty max right. that they make. And yeah. the max is a good cigar. This yeah. one. What's interesting about this one is based on the picture, the wrapper leaf is almost like leopard colored. It's got so many different Spots shades of dark brown and black. It's a very interesting look. Uh, again, the Nat Ciso Seco Casino Real. This time the Double Toro. At five dollars and seventy nine cents, a ninety two, and that's their top cigar of the best buys of twenty twenty. So we're gonna have to go spend some time looking for the Nat Ciso or Seco or however you pronounce it, C I C C O, and the uh, line is the Casino Real. Three of them on this list of different sizes. So it sounds like maybe they're doing yeah, something yeah, they're doing right something there. Right, especially yeah. at that price point. So I thought that was an interesting list, and it's so always two great. undercrowns on there, and mm-hmm. then three of the Nat Seco, Chicho, Chico, couple of undergrounds, couple of Muats, a couple of Muats on and, there, right? uh, and then a few. So Drew other Estates sort of killing things. that list, pretty, uh, yeah. pretty and, much. Yeah, and that's really good. You know, I think of Drew Estates as being a little more expensive. But they've obviously got some cigars man, coming in under six their, bucks. They know? wrap up their uh, cheapy cigars, man. I smoke those uh, factory smokes mm-hmm. uh, on a semi-regular basis because they're so cheap and they're just fine. Yeah, yeah, they're they not great cigars. The factory mm. smoke, but is for two dollars, they're kind of good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got you got to love that. That that gives you a lot of room to play on the price to quality scale. <laughs> That's exactly you know? right. It really does. So. So, uh, Joe, we tried your rye that is still, as you said, in development. Still in development, uh-huh. yeah. And, uh, and then you mentioned that you put some of the rye into this next uh, yeah. blend. So tell us about right. what's next. I don't know how much I want to tell you. I want you to try it first. <laughs> okay. All right, so here's... All right, so we'll go, we'll go with the whiskey first. Which, one, with, which uh, one first, the lighter or the darker? Go with the lighter one first. Okay, here we go. Adam, I'll pass that to you. Pass them on. Right. I feel uh, like we're stacking the deck here because I do like whiskey. Yeah, well. Uh, so, <laughs> like, I'm predisposed. Yeah. So here's what we've done. This, you know, we took the, the first one you had, the control, mm-hmm. if you will. Uh, we took that uh, out of the barrels relatively early. Some of it's out of the barrels a little bit early. Some of it's still aging a little bit. Uh, it's not quite done, but it's 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 ready. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's ready enough. It's good. It's okay. Now, as that's gonna so that's gonna stay on its path for a little while longer. Uh, I've diverted it, and it's going into these other barrels, and these are two related barrels, same wood, different treatment. And I'm I I know what the what is this B? I know kind of what that one tastes like because I've had that one already. B is the lighter one, but right? A, the darker one, I just took out of the barrels this morning. I have so even we tried don't it. even know. I All have right. no idea. So it may be terrible. So let me ask you this: <laughs> Is the difference just aging, or is the difference what it could it have gets been all of with? its color and sixty percent of its flavor from the barrel? Okay. So the difference is how long it's been in the barrel and what the barrel and what the barrel is, was yeah. to, to begin. So these with. are all the same whiskey. Okay. Like they're this. They start mm-hmm. off here. They're that ride, the control. Right. And yeah. this is the two paths okay. that it went down. So the first one, the lighter color, say tell me again, this is it is rye. Yeah. The same rye. Right. But it but uh, tell me about the barrel. It it we'll drink it first. 
Okay. So I'm smelling, <laughs> you, like, on this one, me. I'm smelling a little vanilla and oak, like, right off the nose. Okay, so what we like, had said I, about... I'm going back to the previous... Yeah, what we said about the rye to begin with was that it was good, Which has but you, a little maple syrupy to it. This has less of that, but it has a little of that uh, yeah. vanilla and... Come. See, this is mm-hmm. this is like part of my job. This is taking it. This is taking <laughs> it to a whole other place. With you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, I was up in Dallas doing this, and we had a bunch more bottles, and I've kind of mm-hmm. narrowed it down to. This has such a clean finish to mm-hmm. it. This particular uh, whiskey, even cleaner than the last one. This, but the but I, I the oaky uh, notes and the vanilla notes are much more pronounced in this. I think tomorrow may be. And if it's not, I'll just proclaim it to be uh, right now. It might be take your buddy to work day. It might be. <laughs> so you can take, on, take your buddies. See what we're doing. Like take your buddies from smoking no, toast to work day. There's almost no heat to this one as well. You're right. It is very. Um, can we say smooth? Is that a bad word? No, for, that's fair. Yeah. See, I think that the the treatment it's on silky. B mm-hmm. kind of mellows out. I think kind of rounds out and mellows out the original flavor in so A. So is there a marshmallowy mm-hmm. kind of flavor on the aftertaste yes, on this? Yes, absolutely there is. Okay. And now, so what you've That's done fair. here by by aging this in uh, in this barrel that you have not revealed yet um, is you've taken a very straightforward spirit mm-hmm. and you've now given it, it it's a wonderful example of how much nuance is added by the barrel mm-hmm. because this is far more nuanced than the original one which is the intent yeah. which is yeah which is what you're right. after right exactly. so you take that control as you called it and it's, and you see what the different barrels yeah. will do to it's it it's amazing and, to think that that's the same whiskey as as the first because one because the right? other one was so simple like it was so simple right, right. so straight ahead and then you just came in and and Scribbled all over it with crayon. And see, that's why I don't think the first one's quite done. Yeah. I want it to be a little bit more robust, but not so robust mm-hmm. uh, that it just punches you every time you drink it. But the the diversion into the new barrel kind of gives it a little bit more complexity, How but long doesn't was give it, it the in same robustness. This barrel? It's a very small barrel. So we're talking. Uh, so lots of surface. Lots yeah, of surface to liquid. Gallon, so yeah. we're talking just about a week. Wow. Which is the equivalent of about two years. But it's just because so, it's so small of a barrel that you right. get, you, it imparts the, the flavor of that. Exactly. that yeah, there's, there's more surface area than liquid. So, about. so let me ask you this. How do you know, because, again, I, I'm terrible with math. So <laughs> all of my skills, if I were to have any in this area, would be in the trial and error category, right? That's, so I would say, okay, we'll take this, and then we'll put it in this. We'll try that and see how it tastes. How do you, when you taste this, how do you differentiate between, okay, this is it. This is our product. This is what we want to bottle and sell. Or, like you say, wanting to take your initial control spirit and take it a little further and then try it. like the, in, in other words, what, what is it that makes you say, okay, we got it? This. This is how we do that. Okay. It is this, a lot this of whole trial process. and error. But it also, there comes a point where you've done enough trial and error that you can, you you narrow down the zone where you know it's going to be ready. So okay. instead of instead of starting to test it around week six or seven or eight or uh, you, you know you can kind of narrow it down like it'll be ready somewhere between 
seven and nine. So and then you start instead of starting way wanna, early and keeping going. There's a color bar. and a flavor that you're looking for. A slight yes. sidebar here: if you're ever at a festival or at one of those, um, <clears throat> one of those. Uh, uh, outdoor events. Like a whiskey event or something well, like even that? Even a whiskey event where they have the people that have the little charred barrels that you can put your whiskey in. Yeah. Um, and you have mediocre whiskey at home. That's a great way to make it more make interesting. Make it more interesting. Yeah. It will make it more interesting. It will not turn a donkey into a racehorse. I'm not saying it's making have, it better, but it's it going to uh, make it more interesting. It can definitely make it different. I have some Johnny Walker Black. And that some, may be all it needs is just a little bit different. I have a bottle of Johnny Walker Black. Would it make that interesting? Ah. Uh, that that might hurt the barrel. <laughs> it wouldn't hurt. <laughs> uh, so it'll certainly make it better than doing shots of it by itself. It'll make it different. <clears throat> so here's the thing. I would be tempted to say, you got this. Mm-hmm. Bottle it. Send it out. It's uh, really people good. People will buy it. It's really good. <clears throat> but well, the you're science, thinking maybe you're not quite there? The science wasn't done yet. Okay. So, you know, when you're doing experiments, you do different iterations and you compare. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was I was pretty satisfied with this. There's yeah. a softness to the palate on well, this. It really too. is, too. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, but there's it's a also very interesting whiskey. There's also that that what I was saying earlier that people who like rye like rye because of the way rye tastes. And there's this this the robustness, the X factor, mm-hmm. that that's mm-hmm. something else. And I wanted to see if we took this wood, and are you going to call it Riders on the Storm? Maybe. <laughs> what was your What was your last Maybe. one? Maybe. Uh, uh, Rye of the Ancient Mariner. Rye of the Ancient Mariner. I like it. I like it. Uh, so I wanted to see what would happen if we took this wood, charred it a little bit more, and put it back on the wood, mm-hmm. and that they gave it a little bit. I mean, you can see that. Which camera are we on? You can see the difference in color. Yeah, how much darker yeah. it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just wanted to see what would happen. Same amount of time on the wood. Uh, just a little darker in color. Oh. I thought I thought it would give it a little bit more robust. It's taste. got a smoky smell. More of a mm-hmm. more of that rye rye ryeness. Rye <laughs> spice. Yeah, term. there's a spice to the rye. Um, it really, there's a sweetness and a spice, but this smells smoky. It really makes me think of that. Was it the Nelly song "Rye with Me"? <laughs> is that is that what I'm thinking? Got all right, right all right, all right. All right. <laughs> my pony. Oh, sorry. Oh, that was Matthew McConaughey, right? Yeah. All right, all right, all right. All right, all right. I kind of hate myself a little bit for doing that. But, you know. <laughs> That's okay. We hate you too. <laughs> That's why. That's why I'm here. Uh, I'm telling you, uh, this is really delicious. Like, it's it, really. It, it, have you tried the uh, the no, darker I one? No, I haven't tried the darker one Smell yet. Smell this. It's so smoky. Oh, yes. I, I was so caught up in uh, B here that I hadn't gone to the final one here. All right. Oh, my gosh. Oh, wow. I'm very satisfied with that. I've, I, now, I've only done the nose on this, but this now smells this, like a completely different spirit. This so is very specific, what, though. This is very smoky. What's like, what, the difference between the, barrel? the second one and the third one? So this was, I, I charred the wood a little bit more. Okay. Uh, that's that. With C or A, so C's the control, right? And then I put it on different wood. This was just the wood. This was the wood a little bit more charred. Fascinating, because you get that char. You get that. Oh, this is straight up barbecue. I was going to say, if whiskey could be In defined as barbecue, that's what this would be. See, I like both of these though for completely different reasons. This is reasons. like that 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 really amazing barbecue sauce. It's not too sweet, mm-hmm. but has the right amount of smoke yeah. in it too. Okay, let so, me let me just tell you: if you live in Houston, as we do, uh, it is we do worth, compare a lot of life to barbecue sauce. We do. It's it's a big part of it's a big part of what we're about <laughs> as human beings. But if you live in Houston, there is a barbecue place. 
um, that is near, uh, it's at Richmond and 610. Their barbecue is good, but what you really have to do if you live here is swing in there and buy as many jars as you can carry home of the barbecue sauce from Luling City Barbecue. Yeah, because really that amazing. sauce is one of the best mm-hmm. I've ever encountered yeah. anywhere. And I've had barbecue sauce all over this great nation. Uh, you know who else has oddly good sauce? Who's that? Rudy's. Rudy's. Mm. Uh, you're so right. Rudy's is Very wonderful true. for a chain. They're they're unbelievable. Local chain and that sauce, the regular sauce, is really good. And this. I would be. I would be. This uh, is not like Rudy's sauce. This is a, this no. is outstanding. I love the smokiness in this. I would be remiss though mm. if I didn't mention uh, Papa's Barbecue. Mm. Holy moly, their barbecue is good. Okay, so this. But their sauces are not great. Their sauces are okay. They're not. But their barbecue is yeah, fantastic. So if you can take if you can take Rudy's or uh, Luling barbecue sauce and put mm-hmm. it on the Papa's. That's why I buy I mean, that's, the Luling yeah. barbecue sauce and take it home. I get this Van Rolling one. Back to the control. That's uh, I get this Van this Rolling the one. That's control. That's sauce. control right there. Control. All right, we're going backwards now. Compare it back to the control. See, this is work at the distillery for real. Interesting. <laughs> but I can't do this all myself because I'm biased. I have my own particular flavor palette. I, I have literally can't taste anything except for the, the smokiness of the part of the rye spice out of the control. Yeah. Yeah. Control. Okay. Control is more than just a Janet Jackson. I album. will tell you. So, uh, have you had the? Um, who makes that Camp West smoky whiskey? I don't know. We I, had I'm not sure. it. Uh, I think. Not sure, I remember. I think Jeremiah turned us on Maybe, to that over yeah. BMB. High West. High West. High oh, yeah. West makes the, their campfire. This has mm-hmm. some element of that, but then a rice spice I like this to it. Better than I like that. That's so interesting. <laughs> yeah, we keep coming back to this mm. one. Okay, the so egg. so I don't know what All more right, you're you going to do. Would you like the reveal? Yes. Okay, so we took the uh, we took the control, mm-hmm. put it on pecan wood. So that was the first one we tried, the lighter right. color one. That, and that gave it just the, pecan. the vanilla. And right. The... Mm-hmm. And then we took that same pecan wood out of the bag and charred it, dropped it in with the same whiskey. So this is charred pecan rye. So for the third one, the charred pecan, mm-hmm. did you drop, did you, the stuff that you charred further and then dropped in, did you go back to control for that or did you put it in what? Had already aged in the pecan. Uh, so we you dropped it in into, charred on two pecan pads. stays. Uncharred pecan and charred pecan. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is this I is love this. wonderful. This is this is awesome. And, and I really want to try. Very excited about the. I really want to try yeah. this with that uh, that uh, Kentucky Fire cured uh, muat. Oh, mm. wouldn't that be a great? Yes, because because uh, they either I'm not a, fight each other brutally. Or get along like best friends. Well, I'm not a I'm not a <laughs> like huge no fan. I'm not a huge fan of the of those infused cigars. That you got to have a barbecue. second humidor for that. But yeah, yes, you do. <laughs> but but I will say, with something like this, it might work. Yeah, you might have this. I'm super smoky experience. And let me. Just, I was really glad when you brought up the the barbecue. Yeah, it feels it smells like a barbecue. It does. This would I be amazing wood. with barbecue. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. You, yeah, you're not kidding. And and what's what's really what I really have to say. This is a completely different smokiness than than the peat smokiness. For yes. Whiskey. Oh yeah. Very much. This is this is it's like the difference between barbecue and smoked well, meat. Just mm-hmm. putting you this know? across your nose, 
is like is like walking past a barbecue joint. Which is a wonderful thing oh, to do. Such a good smell. It's hard. It's hard to do. It's such so a good smell. On so good. Yeah. Okay. We had to take a break. We will be back. Uh, drinking news is coming up in the next segment, and we will be continuing to sip on this and and talk about it. I think because this is uh, what I love is how distinctively different these are. The, they they turn out really. They are huge different. They, yeah. they travel very different paths. Yeah. And and really, and I know you used a very small barrel, but uh, in really a very short amount of time. Right. Fascinating. Okay, uh, we'll take a break. We'll be back. Drinking news is next. Drinking stories, <laughs> and uh, Ian has the ukulele ready to rock. That's the best analogy I've got so far. <laughs> Welcome back. It's smoking and toasting show number two hundred and twenty-eight. We are brought to you by the fine folks at MyCigarShirts.com. Great shirts for cigar lovers on the web. MyCigarShirts.com because... Cigars. Cigars, yes. I want to say uh, kudos to uh, Wiki Brian. He's mm-hmm. saying, watching while waiting his 15 minutes, second shot done. Yeah, that's the 15-minute waiting period after you get your vaccination. Right, Bruce right. Stark saying he's uh, he's got his second shirt. Uh, shot coming up. Uh, not shirt. That's different. His second <laughs> shot coming up tomorrow morning. I got mine coming up on a 20th. Okay, I got shot. my second shot last week, so I'm very awesome. excited. And I'll just mention that also on the show comments, Alan Denny says, I drink it alone. It's sad. <laughs> I, I'm not sure what he was referring to, but I relate, Alan, and miss you, brother. We have to get together soon. So, uh, Ian, you, are you going to uh, open beer first or play ukulele first? Oh, did you? I didn't know what the. Because it's time. It's time? For drinking news. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. A Florida man with one arm said he had a gator for a pet. I asked about his absent arm, he said, I had to take my gator to the vet. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. So we've mentioned this before, and today's drinking news is an example of uh, doing something a little bit different. Uh, Instead of a Florida man story, these are stories that people shared with Jimmy Fallon of The Tonight Show about the things that they did when they were really drunk. So today's drinking news is about drinking and the, you know, the fruits thereof. Hmm. These are these are a number of different comments that were shared, and in case you missed the episode of Jimmy Fallon, which I try to do on a regular basis, uh, you you may not have uh, heard some of these. So let me share you. These are all via tweets from real people. I can say that over yeah. the course of the uh, pandemic, yes. when Jimmy Fallon was doing his show in front of an empty uh, studio, yeah, that with with no laughter at all. Is probably the most authentic his show has ever been. Well, and, and I would agree with that. He's actually Jim <laughs> Fallon's actually very funny, but sometimes he gets caught up in his own funniness. He, he thinks you know? he's really funny. Yeah, too. exactly. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Sometimes he'll have somebody. There was a segment where they were doing uh, impersonations or having people like sing in different mm-hmm. uh, celebrity voices, and he had Jamie Fox on, who's like one of the best vocal impersonators yeah. ever. Yeah. But they kept having to alternate and let Jimmy Fallon do one too, and it's like, come on, you got Jamie Foxx. <laughs> like, you know, if I'm yeah, let him have it. Yeah, it, it, the uh, the uh, vocal uh, the uh, celebrity lip sync ones. Mm-hmm. 
the the first few of those were pretty awesome. And mm. I will say one thing I do appreciate about him is he's not afraid to just be enthusiastic oh, about yeah. his guests. And he's show very business. entertaining. He doesn't have to be Thoroughly. like cooler than the room. But yeah, he is impressed with he, his own. He's gotten sense much of better than the first two weeks when he got drunk on every show. Yeah, and speaking of, <laughs> here, drink speaking of here, here are uh, tweets some people shared drinking with Jimmy news. Uh, on drinking, drinking news. news. Yeah. Marco says, "One time I was so drunk that I called my local local pizza shop, which is called Mario's Pizza, ranting about Luigi not getting enough credit and how everything is always about Mario, even saying that he has his own pizza shop." <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. <laughs> Kay Rose says, I woke up the next morning and realized that I had texted everyone in my contacts list and invited them to join me in forming a Nickelback cover band called Nacklebick. Wow. That's just funny because who would <laughs> <Nacklebic>. do that? <laughs> Betsy says, after a long day and night of drinking, I woke up in bed and went to grab my phone. It wasn't there. But there was a piece of toast in its place. <laughs> After looking around the house for the phone, I found it in the microwave covered mm. with melted cheese. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. uh, I think we can all relate to some of these. I mean, who hasn't found their phone mm. in the freezer at yeah, least once? Exactly. <laughs> but in the microwave covered with melted cheese. That's a, that's a, I have that's hidden a my wife's good. phone in the freezer before. Yeah, okay. That was hilarious. <laughs> Ashley Lynn says, I was trapped in an elevator. Used the emergency phone freaking out till the door opened and I was rescued. Couldn't figure out why my rescuers seemed so annoyed. Turned out I wasn't trapped. In my drunken state, I just forgot to press a button. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, this one, I'll, I'll just say, I don't want to know any more details than what they reveal here. This is enough. Went out with $20. Woke up with $250, three lighters, two phones, and the keys to someone else's car. <laughs> now nice. that's a night out. Yeah, that, uh, the, someone needs to tell them how that night went. Yeah. I would say we've all been there, but hopefully we haven't actually all been there. <laughs> Kay Rose says, I once got drunk by myself and spent the entire night trying to call the White House just so I could ask Donald Trump if the J in his name stands for Jasmine. <laughs> What, what's, what's funny is that that actually happened. You know, it's it, it wouldn't be funny just all by itself, but the fact that those phone calls actually <laughs> happened, that's pretty funny. Uh, Tisa <laughs> says, I once got so drunk, I cried hysterically because my parakeet had to live his entire life without hands. <laughs> uh, Jesse Betts says, one time I got drunk with an old teacher from high school, and apparently at some point during the night, I raised my hand and asked him if I could use the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> See, these are pretty good. Hold on, hold on. Bruce chimed in. He says, I got drunk one time and couldn't find my way home. There was a Domino's pizza place right there. So I ordered a pizza be delivered and followed the guy to my house. <laughs> when when I got a pizza. That is good. When I got That's home. good. That totally should have been on this list. Uh, there's two nice. more. Uh, LNO says, I came home overserved and showed my ID to my dad at the front door of the house at 4 a.m., thinking it was another bar. My dad was in full cop uniform headed out to go to work. I got in, but was not allowed out for a while. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and finally, Brock Clark shares, I decided to rename all the contacts in my phone with their spirit animal. 
<laughs> Who the hell is Eternal Baby Chinchilla? And that, ladies and gentlemen, is your drinking, drinking news. news. Drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Drinking news. Drinking news. That was time for drinking news. By the way, did you uh, did you put the photo up? Uh, yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't ask it. Uh, you know, we don't endorse getting as drunk as the, these people clearly did, but <laughs> be that as it may, it does happen. Think of those as cautionary tales and drink responsibly. And since these didn't come with photos, please enjoy this picture of a brontosaurus taco holder. <laughs> brontosaurus. <laughs> I just you know. Yeah, exactly. You didn't know where to put that in because exactly. No, I know I, exactly where to put a brontosaurus. I need like four more of them yeah, when I'm going to oh, have oh, dinner. Totally. You put it where totally. you have tacos. Totally. I love, uh, I got to tell you, so uh, I, there's so many good Tex-Mex and Mexican restaurants mm -hmm. when you live in Houston. But there are times when I go to one and I literally just want a crispy taco and it's such a good thing. Mm -hmm. it's, it's like... It's like ordering the lowest thing on the menu, you know, mm -hmm. when you go to places that have, like, filet mignon. Right, right. Yeah. And you know, I'll, and stuff, I'll have like, the ground beef taco. Do you like sirloin in your taco? Crispy no. tacos, please. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, there's still nothing quite like jack-in-the-box drive through tacos at 3 a.m. All mm -hmm. right. I'm, I'm, I hate to admit this, mm -hmm. but uh, a few times on the way home, <laughs> My wife loves to stop and get those uh, cheddar peppers or the cheddar. The, oh, at Jack in a Box. At Jack in a Box, yeah. like that's gotcha. her. Like if she's good and toasty, she's like we're we're stopping and getting those. <laughs> and the last time we pulled through, I saw they had tiny tacos. Have you seen this oh, thing? Oh, I've had tiny tacos. Oh, not only Ooh. do they have tiny tacos, but they got loaded tiny tacos. Yeah, that's where they just dump a whole <laughs> bunch of cheese and bacon on them. Holy crap! Yeah, those are not. On the South Beach diet. No. <laughs> they're not on any diet. Thanks, Jack. <laughs> they are so bad for you. Uh, but so, like, but you, boy, are they yummy. You can't, yeah. you, like, there's 15 of them in that little tub, yeah. and you eat them all, and you're like, I want more. And and the crazy thing so is, it's like, yes. they, it's like they took the, com the combination of ingredients that they thought, how can we put together what would be the, the absolute... Worst dietary thing for you possibly to eat. The questionable beef filling to yeah. taco ratio is much better. Oh, I know. And then at, at the point that they got all that together, they go, how can we take it one step further? I know. We'll deep fry them. Mm. Yeah? Yes. <laughs> and then we're going to pour some cheese. And yes. not, not like good cheese. Oh, no. Oh, no. Not at all. No. You know that stuff this you is, get at the... This is concession stand cheese, <laughs> yes. is what this is. Yeah. It's concession stand cheese. This is that giant cheese. can that says Rico's, but yeah. it's the generic version. Yeah. 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 Mm. Rico's with two O's. Yeah. So I was craving nachos with that kind of cheese, yeah. oh, in particular, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, last year during the baseball season. Right, because you couldn't go to the baseball stadium right. and you couldn't go to the movies. Right. Because that's the only that. place you can get no. that cheese. Right. And I, I, I went and I bought the nachos, something. I bought the cheese, I bought the... Uh, jalapenos, and I made myself baseball nachos. That's uh, awesome. Baseball. And awesome. you have to have crappy jalapenos. Oh, for yeah. That. You have yeah. to have, like, pick the ones out of the can. The crappy is cheap, like, in a can. Not, like, in a jar where you can open it. No, you have to, no. Like, it has to be a can yeah, where they've can. been my sitting wife, on the shelf at the grocery store for three this, uh, years. If you vintage. go to the Velveeta <laughs> section of your store... <laughs> Which is not the cheese section. It is not it's an entirely a different section, section of the store. I, I'd like to point out that this segment of the show has devolved to the point where we just use the phrase "the Velveeta section of your store." They have these. They have this box, and it has three little packets of like pourable Velveeta cheese yes. stuff. As no. if regular Velveeta wasn't 
you know, right. When you have to enough. microwave that, that takes way too long. Yeah, yeah. right. right? Yeah. But you this don't stuff... have three minutes to spare. <laughs> <laughs> Like uh, we made some, we made some uh, hot dogs the other night, uh-huh. and like like chili cheese hot dogs, and yes. that that is the right kind of cheap, oh yeah, awkward cheese to yeah, put on awkward there. Awkward cheese. That's awkward they should cheese. just they should just change the name from Velveeta to awkward <laughs> awkward, awkward cheese. cheese. I like it. Ian, open up that porter, why don't you? <laughs> yes, sir. It's a Lion and Kugel's uh, vanilla porter, and it is uh, actually called Snowdrift. That is the name. Yeah, and this is you a mentioned, winter. You mentioned, by the way, Lennon Kugels is now owned by, uh, is it Miller Coors that owns Molson Lennon Coors? Molson Coors, yeah. Coors, yeah. So uh, they were originally owned by AB InBev, and then they were, no. Yeah, back when I was a kid, it was Bush. Bush, and yeah. then and then AB InBev bought them, I think. Okay. I think that's how it happened. I'm heavy well, pouring. Yeah, InBev bought well, Miller Coors is a different, a different one, so you might have to read the label on this. Molson uh, Coors. It's Molson that. Yeah, because yeah, it was a few years back when. Coors and Molson merged. Okay. And, uh, porter with Miller vanilla. and some robust else. porter aged on real vanilla. On real vanilla, what? It just says aged on real vanilla. Six well, percent vanilla extract. It could be vanilla beans. Vanilla. Envelopes. Oh, did you know that they vanilla actually ice? envelopes? Envelopes. Did you yeah. actually, Did you know they actually have a phonetic <laughs> uh, spelling of line of line and Google's line dash n. Dash coo jet dash gulls. Well, see, That's lion and nice Had we known that, we wouldn't have had to place that phone call back on show number eight or whatever it was. <laughs> uh. All right, what kind of information does this bottle have? Snowdrift vanilla porter, six generations of family brewing tradition. Mm. Uh, you know, uh, through all that and the fact that Molson Coors still owns them, by the way, the uh, the family still. Brews the beer, as right. far as I understand. Mm-hmm. Cool. So they still control their own brewery. Yes. 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 Uh, yes. Kind of like with uh, like Carbach, where the guys still run the brewery. They're just yeah, right. Part but, of a bigger family. But so, do they? But do they? It really says cool. Union Made, uh, Iowa, Vermont, uh, Massachusetts, Connecticut, um, New York. Five cents. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to read all the information. I understand. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'll leave it. And, and I'll also add if there's any. Major consolidator that would like to do that same thing for our distillery. <laughs> <laughs> so if Jack Every Daniels came a a calling, if Jack Daniels came a calling, you know, see, let us is, keep our name. Let me keep running it. I'll take but all honestly, your money. Come this, on, baby. This is why uh, it's hard for me because I, I really do believe in you know the American dream and capitalism. It's hard for me to feel badly towards. Hmm. Carbach, for example, no, for taking for a guys. buyout for uh, from. I still don't like well, AB. I don't, feel, I don't feel bad for Carbach at all, yes. man. Those Absolutely. guys, hey, make your money, man. Good for them. Yeah. Now I don't. What... I don't buy a lot of Carbach beer right now because I don't want to put money in AB Invest's pockets. But mm-hmm. you know, I don't feel bad for them selling it. I'm out. good. Live the American dream. Yeah, I wish I, mean, I had those millions. They we, make more money than I do. We don't start these businesses to uh, paint pictures and make art. I mean, mm-hmm. part of it is art. And, and craft, but also, you know, we need to feed our family. And, you know, if we just wanted to have a job and make, you know, listen, yeah, you know, we could get a job. I'm a guitar player, right? I'm I more than willing to take a couple of comments and to play anything that <laughs> I, want. I want. I love jazz, right. I love blues, I love classical music. But if Britney Spears called me tomorrow, I'd be Britney Spears playing like a bastard. Yeah, Damn right. <laughs> right. You'd be the best Britney Spears yeah. guitarist they'd ever I'll seen. Play right? the I mean, shit out of Britney yeah. Spears. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're all in this to make money. The Lennon <laughs> Kugel's, uh, no the Lennon Kugel's website, 
uh, talks about the fifth generation of the Leinenkugel family. And it says, under the guidance of Jake, Dick, and John Leinenkugel, the brewery continued to thrive. They were bought by Miller Brewing Company in 1988. Oh, it was Miller Brewing Company. So the partnership has allowed Leinenkugel to share its quality brews with beer beer lovers all over the world. Uh, and then they talk about how they opened the uh, the uh, the new brewing the new brewing area and the lodge, uh, and then they go on to the sixth generation. Uh, but you know, again, I'll say this: if if the big companies can ever figure out that buying the smaller companies and allowing the craftsmen who made that product something that was worth having them pay money for it in the first place, yeah. To do their thing and continue to create the craft beer, the craft distilled spirits that they've been making. I mean, to me, that's why you buy it. I've never understood no, why people buy if things Budweiser and buys change it, they them. They can always make it more Budweiser. Well, they can. Yeah. But if if a consolidator can buy a small operator and keep the small operator running. One right. of the things that's the biggest challenge for a small operator is simply access to capital. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, I mean, we would make a thousand cases a month if we had enough money to make a thousand cases. Yeah, you got to well, buy ingredients. And, and you also have to talk, think distribution. Yeah, bottles Carbo- cost money. Carbox, for example, money, is in so every trucks. store mm-hmm. in the greater Houston area. If yeah. they sell beer, they have Carbox. Yep. And they're in a lot of bars, the same thing. I, you know, I, I continue the to only complain thing, if that's the, the only, only thing beer they that drives me crazy about the Carbox dr- distribution thing is that they're also considered a craft beer, but they're not. They're macro craft. So right. when I have a store, sure. like the one next to my house, mm-hmm. has two refrigerator doors, okay, mm-hmm. that are craft beer. So it's a very small amount of the rest of it, okay? Then there's like seven refrigerator doors that are all blue. And then there's like six of them that are all red and white, right? Right. So I get two doors, and one of them is filled entirely with Carbock. And it's not a whole bunch of different Carbox either. Right. It's tons it's of Love Street all, and tons of five yeah. cases of one thing. Yeah. yeah, it's almost all Love Street and Crawford Bach. Right. And Love Street's yeah. pretty good. Crawford Bach, I think, is, is, is not. Uh, I actually really like it. It's tasty. It's, it's very straightforward. It's not something you would expect to find in a bomber bottle like we uh, you know like we opened here of something that had been really heavily aged in you know bourbon barrels for a long time or whatever but as a straightforward you could buy a six pack of it vanilla porter i think it's pretty good mm-hmm. i think it's okay there's nothing special about it uh it's fine it's it this is the lubies of vanilla porter right here like there's mm-hmm. nothing to complain about this particular uh, God rest their restaurant soul. Right? <laughs> yeah. Well, Lu- Luby's not around anymore. I know. Yeah. I know. Well, you know, a, a restaurant based on less flavor equals more people. Yeah. They, they spent five years in hospice care. And that's I mean, not, and I'm not and I'm not and I'm not totally dissing it. I mean, the less flavor you put in something, the more people like it. Let's talk about McDonald's. Right. You know, I mean right. Taco and, and that's that's kind of that sounds like yeah exactly that's that's kind of like yeah Taco Bell is Mexican food Ish. question mark Mexican yeah no. Ish, yeah it's not even Tex Mex right it's just it's Mexican well Tex Mex would have to have a lot more heat in it but <laughs> but this is this is the uh, this is the um, run of the mill it's okay it's yeah. there's nothing wrong with this other than the fact that it, there's nothing great about it either it's, well, it's a good mainline and that was one porter. of the reasons I wanted to bring it in because the last time we had a uh, last week we had a porter it was a baltic porter and it was like crazy special good. how does something like this that's a lot less expensive stack up against it and i think what you're saying is 
about like you would expect. This, like it's not this, as good, but it's not bad. This is the Miller Lite to that Baltic Porter. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, and it's okay. It's there's nothing special. But I think I think part of the problem with some of the macro brews, the macro crafts. Mm-hmm. I think part of the problem with the macro crafts is they don't get to do anything super outside anymore. Well, right. with the exception, of, I never see that. You know, and, with the exception of like when Goose yeah. Island does their. Um, you know their barrel selection every year. And that's stuff. an institution, though, right. and I think that I think that that's a special case. Well, and I think you're onto something here because when you <laughs> when you look at a line and Kugels that is now distributed, owned by and distributed by Miller Beer, everything they do has got to be scalable to a very large extent mm-hmm. because they want to take this vanilla porter. And they want to get it in every store they've got access to yeah. around the country. The so it's not is, about crafting something small, uh, unique, and special. It's about what can we create on a massive basis. Yeah, because mm-hmm. you can probably find this in Minot, North Dakota. Right. Yeah. And that's, you know. that was one of the cool things about the whiskey industry before Prohibition was that every farm had a still, every town had a distillery. Mm-hmm. You had different flavors in different regions, and you didn't have to sell a lot of whiskey. Right. You could but, you could create yeah. smaller, craftier batches exactly. and, and sell them locally. But when everything consolidates to Kentucky, now you have six major producers. They're all coming out of the same region. Everything tastes kind of generally the same. Don't not identical, forget but to generally, feed the distributors, and too. And right? they've got to sell it to millions of people. Yeah. So it all mm-hmm. kind of becomes... Macro craft. Well, it's kind of like yeah, it's kind of like with radio when having a hundred different whiskey makers. When Clear Channel bought you know most of the radio stations in the country, they all became (laughs) almost exactly the same. Yeah, Yeah. you know, there's not a lot of individual diversity. And in what's interesting to me though is in the world that we live in now, people are. By and large, less interested in those mass things. When uh, they're interested in what's unique and, ago, and interesting. Yeah. Years ago, when uh, what you're talking about there, uh, I'll wrap this up real quick. But uh, what you're talking about there, when um, Clear Channel bought up everything, I remember because Clear Channel owned a chunk of Houston pretty early. Uh, mm-hmm. But I remember driving to Baytown or not Baytown, but Beaumont for gigs, which is about an hour hour and a half outside mm-hmm. of Houston, right? Uh, and picking up Beaumont radio stations that were way better, way more interesting, way more interesting, way mm-hmm. better music. Yeah, but than eventually, anything in Houston. Eventually, Clear Channel bought all of those as then well. Then they bought all those. Yeah. So and then they're now all they gone. sound yeah. exactly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly the and, same. And I can go from Houston to Austin and pick up the spot in Houston and the spot in Austin, and they're kind of the same. They're different yeah. radio stations, but yeah, yeah. They're kind of but same. not yeah. kind of yeah. <laughs> yeah, different but not. All right, we'll take a break. Be back for our final segment. This has been a lot of fun uh, comparing. This has been, in my opinion, this is one of the most interesting experiments, if you want to call it that, that we've been able to do in telling the difference that barrels make. And and what's crazy is it was over such a short period of time. So we may want to go back and revisit that as we say goodbye in our final segment. Smoking and Toasting, show number 288. Um, We'll come back and uh, talk about what we've learned today after this. Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting, 
Show number, did I say 288 and 228? Sorry. <laughs> the whiskey was talking. You're aging me. Yeah, the whiskey was talking. 960. Um, craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars, <laughs> smoking and toasting, uh, brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com. Please go check them out. They are our sponsor, and uh, they do good stuff. And it uh, all starts at under 20 bucks, which is pretty uh, you know, pretty affordable for T-shirts. Um, so I uh, want to thank uh, Joe Breda from Old Humble Distilling uh, from com- for coming in today, uh, bringing such an interest. This has been a very interesting show to me because it's not just tasting awesome whiskey, but it's it's tasting the differences that this barrel aging makes in process and mm-hmm. in process. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like I've I've gotten a, a great education in in all of this. So for what it's worth, I expect these will be ready around September. Okay. And and what Ish. do you know what you'll call them? <laughs> nope. Okay, so that'll be interesting too, right? We'll find out when uh-huh. it happens. Right. Is your uh, <laughs> distillery open? It's not yet open uh, to the public. You said you had some future stuff going on. Yeah. We've, uh, what is your projected date on that? Soon. Okay. <laughs> it depends on when the build-out's done and when the uh, approval from the, you know, fully occupancy, all that stuff from the from the county comes. Uh, early summer? Uh, right. Late spring? Somewhere in that neighborhood? I'm hoping we can Expect do it for... Expect to be hanging out at Humble, Old yeah. Humble Distillery... At the 4th of soon. So yeah, but we're definitely going to have a full schedule of shows, mm-hmm. concerts. Awesome. I mean, we're I'm, I'm set. I'm ready. we got pent-up demand. Yeah, obviously <laughs> you guys are in Humble, Texas, which is a uh, northern suburb of Houston. Mm-hmm. But um, your name, there's a section of Humble called Old Humble. Is that right? Humble is a town on mm-hmm. 59 North. It started off as Jackrabbit Junction because it was a picnic spot on a uh, rail line going north out of Houston okay, where people out. would stop and shoot jackrabbits. You've got to name one of your whiskeys at some I know, point. right? Jackrabbit Junction, right? <laughs> that, that would, would be, be awesome. awesome. Yeah, that would be um, awesome. It, I'm still shooting for Rye of the Ancient Mariner. <laughs> <laughs> it eventually got the name of Umble because of Pleasant Umble, uh, who was the first postmaster in that area. Okay. And it was Umble, you know, Pleasant Umble's... Uh, Postal Post station, office, yeah. <laughs> and you go to Humble Store, and it became Humble that area. Uh, there was an oil strike on Moonshine Hill, hmm. uh, where the Humble Oil Company was founded and became eventually ExxonMobil. Okay, over I, several iterations, but I, yeah. I um, found myself. I, I went to go pick up someone from the airport, and the airport, uh, Intercontinental Airport's not too far from Humble, right? And their plane was delayed by two hours, so I thought to myself, I will go to a bar. And I found this bar that claims to be, like, the oldest bar in Humble. Green Oak Tavern. Mm-hmm. And they were very <laughs> proud of their wall that you pee on in the bathroom. Oh, okay. really? It was very strange. Yeah, the, the yeah. tall stall. Yes. Yeah. yeah this is very the weird. tall stall. Okay, well. Uh, but, but It's, it's you guys, one of those stalls that goes all the way down to the floor. So is it, the, <laughs> I, I guess the question I'm uh, really asking is, are you located in a historic area? We are not in the historic area of Humble. We moved out of Humble city limits. Okay. And we are down 1960 towards Lake Houston uh, in a community community that was formerly known as uh, Continental Plaza. Uh, That is a, it was a ghost town of a suburb, uh, ghost town of a planned community that was built in the 80s but never got built. Mm -hmm. Uh, Guy took the the property money and... Took off to UAE or someplace like that. Uh, it was in litigation until the early 2000s, and uh, for like 30 years, was a place where high schoolers went and uh, partied and bonfired and drank. Sound like it. Sound like it's got some good history uh, then. Yeah, <laughs> there is one true, honest to God, ghost story of yeah. 
a person that we lovingly refer to as Burning Mary, who lit herself on fire in a sleeping bag somewhere in the woods near our distillery. And there are about uh, 47 different country songs written about uh, partying in places like yeah. this. So, yeah. And now uh, they're true spirits in yeah. the Com- Continental Plaza area. Mostly whiskey. Awesome. I love it. Thank you for bringing these whiskeys on. This was so educational. And so, like, I learned so much about uh, about the differences that that char and barrels and aging can make. And, and it's fascinating. And you're on to something. There's a ton of fun being Both here. of these, the pecan yeah. wood and the uh, extra charred. Um, can't wait for this. This is exciting stuff. So thank you so much for being Thanks on the show Thanks for having today. me. It's, been a, it's always fun. We always love having you on. Uh, and- Quick plug for your uh, podcasts and your uh, stuff that you do on YouTube. Uh, Thursday nights at 9 o'clock on our YouTube channel, Old Humble Distilling uh, Old Humble Distilling Company on the YouTubes. Uh, we do a podcast every night or every Thursday night at 9 o'clock. It's me, always me, usually a guest. We talk about whatever. It's a happy hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Fun a one-hour yeah. happy hour just like we used to do when you could be around people. Uh, whatever comes up, usually movies. Uh, I talk about whatever that person does, whether it's burlesque or sideshow or comedy or science. I had, had an actual honest to God uh, biosphere scientist on the show one awesome. time. And we talked about life support systems in space. Fascinating, fun stuff. Uh, tune in, subscribe, and uh, you know, find us on all the other socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebooks, and whatnot. Awesome. Well, thank you for being here. It has been a, a very, uh, very fun show for me. I've really enjoyed this. And uh, next week, Aaron from St. Arnold will be joining us. That's going to be fun. We've had St. Arnold on the show before, but this will be Aaron's first appearance. So I'm really excited about seeing what he has to bring. Uh, St. Arnold is changing. They're the oldest craft brewery in Texas. Mm -hmm. But this last year, they have changed dramatically. Big changes. In how they have approached the marketing and the production of their beer. So it'll be fun to talk to uh, Aaron about that. Uh, Plus, uh, uh, Garrison Brothers will be on the show on the 22nd. So we'll be looking forward to, uh, to talking with whiskey with those guys. I'm excited so, about that. Uh, and then on the 29th, don't miss this because these kind of shows only happen every once in a while. Our resident smoking and toasting tequila expert, Liliana Rodriguez, will be joining us on the show and we'll be doing an Añejo Tequila blind taste test for the entire show. Cool. I no limes cannot. and no salt will be harmed That's right. in this episode. That's right. <laughs> I cannot wait. Uh, so have a great week, everybody. Ian, it's great to see you again. Adam, thank you for everything. And uh, Joe, appreciate you being on. Let's. Uh, uh, we got to hear from you when these are um, named so we know where to find them in our uh, favorite uh, local spots. There so. will probably be a poll or something. Uh, okay, good. And I, I might even it. respect the outcome. Writers <laughs> on the song. <laughs> want to ride with me hey must be the money is that what nona rides uh, <laughs> have a great weekend uh, cheers y'all cheers sunshine is so good to you Daniel. whatever happens don't oh, leave yeah, it so fun. i've only <laughs>